Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Around Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, for a change, uh, October 10th, 2018. Uh, we are back here after a, a week hiatus. We uh, actually did the podcast last week, but uh, due to some technical difficulties, never ended up making it uh, making it out into the, the pod universe there. So we're back this week, and I think from now on we uh, talked a little bit and we decided we're going to do it on Wednesdays from now on instead of Tuesdays. So you can look forward to uh, the podcast coming to you on Wednesdays here in the future from uh, for me and Rob. So anyway, uh, this is uh, kind of a throwback to old times here. Um, I'm still at home in Minnesota, and Rob's back in Vegas. So let's uh, send out to Vegas and check in with Rob. How you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, Frank, how's it going? Not doing too bad. How about yourself? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Like you said, it was pretty frustrating. I had all the editing and everything done, ready to release the pod, and exported the audio i don't know what happened it kind of just got corrupt and program quit on me and i tried to go back in and it said it did get get saved but then i tried to replay the files and stuff and they just weren't there so i don't really know haven't had that happen to me before so it's pretty annoying i know my computer's getting a little old so it's a little frustrating but other than that i don't know what you really do i wasn't really anyway like we had a little over an hour podcast I feel like it was a pretty solid podcast but uh yeah sometimes uh can't control the technology i guess yeah, for sure. So, um, in terms of a week to miss, it was actually a fairly, you know, decent week for me. We'll get into that here with the weekend recap. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's go ahead and jump right into that, huh? The weekend recap. So, I know I didn't release any plays last week. I looked at a couple. There was a few I liked, and, um, I ended up just not releasing them. I don't know. I just figured with, Poking the pot out there and talking it through, and there wasn't really any that really jumped out at me a ton. So I figured I'd just kind of take the week off and uh, come back at it this week here. But uh, how did uh, week, what, week five treat you? Yeah, I don't know. I felt like pretty good about my card. It was, uh, I felt pretty good about it, but just uh, two losers for me, so 0 2 on the slate. So obviously not very good on the on the end result, but I had two plays that I liked quite a bit uh, the whole time. I know one of the worst beats of the season you're probably going to see, uh, Miami plus six. Had them, they were winning 17 to three and going into the fourth quarter, and then Cincinnati came all the way back and scored, what was it, 24 unanswered or something, and had two just horrendous pick sixes from the defense there on, on uh, Tannehill's part. Just uh, pretty tough to watch. And I also had a pretty big play. I had quite a bit, quite a bit of a decent amount of money on the on Miami side, and I also had a decent amount of money on the under. So watch those two things happen. It was uh, pretty frustrating and long to go with that whole pretty frustrating Sunday slate. And likewise, I had that Green Bay under under 50 I released it at uh, against Detroit. And the game basically started off about as bad as you could, could have wanted. It was uh, 
I don't know, like two turnovers, I think it was, within the 10-yard line. The one that kind of was just a fluky play where it hit off the defender or the, the kick returner. And then Detroit recovered it on like their own one or two yard line, and then just punched it in for a touchdown. And then something similar happened with the fumble on on Rodgers. And anyway, I don't want to, you know, obviously it's the, uh, you know, don't really, don't really hear the bad beat, but it was pretty frustrating. I feel like it was a pretty decent play, and even with all that happening and another turnover on about the twenty yard line or something like that, the about twenty one points it led to from turnovers there, and it still almost got under with all that happening. So I don't know, and, and like I said, it played out pretty poorly the way I expected to play. With Green Bay's coming from behind is about the last thing I want to happen because. Uh, they can play a little bit softer defense, and Green Bay's defense isn't that good, and then they're going to have to play hard on offense. So, all in all, it wasn't, uh, wasn't a very good weekend, and hopefully uh, maybe our luck will turn here going into week six. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, so, we'll uh, um, yeah, get, get right into the slate here. But first, there's a – I know we had a bunch of them last week that no one's ever going to uh, hear, but there's a ton of games that never came into play. I think this week there only ended up being a couple, right? Uh, yep, just a few. Getting the best of the number. Yeah, like you were saying, see, we had uh, we had two games here. So uh, the first one to get right into it, just a quick recap: uh, Atlanta Pittsburgh on the total. That game opened, I think, fifty six and a half, fifty seven on the on the opener there, and that one closed fifty seven and a half at some spots. But a lot of places had either closed at fifty eight or had fifty eight for quite a while. So that was pretty widely available, and that one landed right at forty one. Uh, 17 on 58 exactly i uh again another one here where i don't think uh had any business getting over or close to over but you know all, all we great is on the end result and uh, that's what it was line of 58 and then the last one was uh houston dallas that was that sunday night game and uh, opened three pretty much across the board and then got bet up to three and a half or three with juice depending on the shop but there's again quite quite a few three and a halfs available at close and uh, that one landed right 1916 right on three so Two pretty good examples there. I think there's uh, widely available numbers across a lot of books, and you could have bet uh, either side. Either got a push on on, on those or uh, a win. So, yeah, especially on that powerful number three. That's a particular one that's you know always uh, out of any number. That's the most important to get. So that's a good example out there. Um, all right, let's just uh, jump into the week six slate here, huh? Let's do it. See if we can actually make some pick some winners here and get the podcast out to everybody. <laughs> Sounds good. Hopefully we can go two for two on that this week. <laughs> yeah. uh, first game we got is a NFC East battle. We got the Philadelphia Eagles going to the New York Giants. Looks like Philadelphia is a three-point favorite or so on the road with a total of 44. Yeah, I'm seeing some two and a half or three with Juice. Uh, but yeah, so my power rating here, I got to do a quick breakdown. I do usually every week. I'll just give you my power rating, just the strict numbers of what my, the, the two teams come out to, including home field advantage. Then I'll give you what the Westgate and Superbook here in Vegas opened, which we're going to use that as just an indicator uh, what they're open the line at for this week. And then we'll also look at the look-ahead line, which was a bettable line from the week before. So just we can get a one-game sample size, see how much the, uh, the the market changed from one game, and then we'll also give the total opener just to get a viewpoint of the market and kind of see where we're betting and if we're getting, betting at a good time or getting a good number. So I think it's a good indicator for any uh, new listeners out there. So here, uh, this one, my power rating in Philadelphia minus 3.5. The Westgate open Philadelphia minus two and a half. Look at line here, Philadelphia two and a half, and total open forty four and a half. Um, yeah, I don't. My numbers would point to me a little bit towards Philadelphia, but like you, you said there, it's kind of getting up, bet up to three here a little bit. See, you know, you got to pay a little bit of juice. It looks like if you're going to want to pay two and a half, except for I see South Point here in Vegas, uh, it does have a flat two and a half, so it might be something to look at. But um, yeah, I think 
I just don't really know what to make of this Giants team. I think they're just kind of, I mean, again, I, I said it last week, but I don't think, uh, again, couldn't hear it, but just Eli, so much, so much relies on this team of Eli, and I just don't really trust him at all. So, I mean, I, it seems to me like you, you bet against him, look to bet against him more so than trust him. I mean, he could have those few good games where he, he looks good and looks like the old Eli, and I, I, I guess I was never really high on Eli that much, but uh, more so just, you know, he could have one of those breakout games where he looks pretty solid, and people kind of talk themselves into him, but for me, it's more so it's uh, I'm going to look a bit, bit against the Giants and this, this uh, Eli team. I know a lot of people project them to be pretty high this season, uh, coming in pretty hot, but they just have been uh, another disappointment this year, it seems like, for the most part. But I don't know. Philadelphia, I guess, is kind of the same boat, too, so that's why it's kind of hard to lay points on the road. So I, don't, I don't really don't feel too strongly about this game, and I think the total is kind of sitting right where it should be. Yeah, the Giants have been on a fairly good stretch here the last couple of weeks. They got the money last week against the Panthers. Uh, the week before that, they went into Houston, or no, wait, was that, yeah, they were, two weeks ago they went into Houston and won that game outright uh, against the, uh, no, wait, what, why is this uh, screwing up for me? Oh, yeah, they played the Saints, that's what it was, and the week before that they went into Houston yeah, and won, yeah, so there you go. The, the Saints was a pretty rough performance, but even, even with that, they were still in it there um, for most of the game, even though they scored a little misleading, but anyway, I, I just... Even though the Giants have looked respectable, uh, you know, two of the last three weeks for sure, if not all three, I uh, just really haven't been high on the Giants. Uh, I think they have got a little bit of credit since you have the big fantasy playmakers. You got, you know, Beckham and Barkley and people just like that, that sexiness of the, almost at this point, the mirage of being able to put up a lot of points because whether it be Eli, who, like you, I've never really been a fan of, they just kind of have that aura that they're able to score points in bunches, but they really just haven't been able to do it much. Uh, last week they did score 30, so you know, maybe that was a little bit of a breakout. But you had that one weird swing pass to Odell where he ended up throwing it down the field, and you know it was kind of a little bit of flukiness there. So uh, I'd like to bet against the Giants team pretty much every chance I get at a reasonable price. Uh, and with Philly here, even though they lost last week at home to the Vikings, I think that was – and a lot of people predicted that that aren't even super high in the Vikings. I think it was just a pretty good spot for the Vikes, a little extra time to prepare, and uh, you know the revenge factor. I think it was just a dynamite spot for the Vikings. So uh, while I'm not super high in this Eagles team, I think they're by far the class of the division, and uh, I definitely lean their their way in this one. And if it's under three, I think it's absolutely worthy of a bet. Um, we do have that Thursday night factor that we mentioned just about every week, but it's tough on road teams I know the road teams haven't fared well at all this year so that you know you might have to take uh take all this with a little bit of a grain of salt but I just think there's enough talent there and discrepancy in the teams where I still like the Philly side regardless well kind of like you said too just touch on it, it seems kind of I feel like people are kind of jumping a little bit to conclusion I know that NFC East is pretty weak I kind of agree with that I mean I shouldn't say kind of I do agree but people are kind of saying uh, who's going to win it's kind of up for grabs is what I've heard from quite a few people even people I respect and I feel like Philly is definitely, uh, like you said, the the, the high, upper class uh, team here out of all three, or all, out of all four, uh, over the other three. So it's like, I, I feel like they're flawed. I, I I wasn't really too high on them even last year, like as 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 hot as they got. And the public never really caught up to the Philly team. It seems like the Cowboys kind of been a little bit underrated to me, um, going in, especially going into this season, even after winning the Super Bowl, which just seems kind of you know against what you'd expect. But I feel like now, especially they're kind of low and you know, losing to a, a good Vikings team. I really don't ground downgrade them a whole lot to, uh, from last week. So yeah. Well, I think we both agree that the Cowboys and the Giants are garbage, and then the Redskins are 
you know, mediocre at best with Alex Smith and Jay Gruden at the helm. So if the Eagles show us anything, I think they have the division pretty easily, regardless of what the records say right now. Yeah, I mean, I could see them, especially too with Wentz. I could just feel like this is a team where it might be some value uh, in the future, especially once they start clicking. And I feel like they still have most of the pieces there. And it's, uh, you know, something where there, there is potential as, as opposed to some of these other teams in the East. Yeah. Jeffrey has only been back for, you know, his what, second full week healthy. And once he gets in there and Wentz gets clicking, like you said, I think they'll be uh, quite a big step up from where they're at now. So uh, let's go to the Sunday games. Uh, we'll start with the early ones here. So we got nine early games here, which I know neither of us are a fan of once you get up in that range. I'd rather swing a couple out to the later games. And we only got three later games this week, which is a little bit annoying, but it is what it is. Uh, the first early game we have is the Cardinals of Arizona heading on the road to go play the Vikings. Looks like the Vikes are a 10.5 point home favorite, the total of 43. Yeah, my power rating here, Minnesota minus 12. Westgate open, Minnesota 9.5. Look at line, Minnesota 11.5. And, and the Westgate total open here, 42.5. Um, yeah, it's just uh, another game. I think kind of just belabor the point with these high point spreads. It's just uh, more often than not, it's just a dogger pass. Uh, I know for me and pretty much for you as well, it seems like usually how uh, how we bet these. And that's just the only way I can look is Arizona. But, I mean, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really have a whole lot of uh, opinion on this game. It's just... Uh, you know, ten and a half. Do you want to take a shot? I mean, maybe I don't feel super super strong about it. But obviously, the only way I'd look. Uh, someone to note too, a little bit of a low total. I know I was uh, again. We didn't release it last week, but I know we were both pretty high on that uh, Minnesota over last week against Philadelphia, forty four and a half, and that got bet all the way up to forty eight and a half, forty eight, and that was just a huge move. You don't really don't see that move too often uh, for a total in the NFL, and um, yeah, so it, it didn't get there. Uh, so I mean, whatever. If you want to take that one game sample size, but I look at uh, what closing number. That's the best way to to judge closing number closing line value to see uh if you're beating the marketplace and i'm kind of surprised it came in a little bit lower than this i feel like minnesota's i'm still kind of questioning their defense especially in the second half last week again they just couldn't you know play a complete game and made it pretty you know risky there at the end and you know potentially could have lost the game outright uh which when they controlled that game and just dominated the first half so i mean i just the defense i'm not you know i don't think that's a a, a huge Huge red flag necessarily at this point, but definitely not super uh, super sure about it. Like I was you know, going into last season or at the end of last season, I felt like a lot more confident in this defense. So I guess my point is here, I feel like they're a, a high-scoring offense and they can score points. And uh, I, know, I know it's more so the Arizona side that they're just going to more type of team that's pretty conservative. you got a rookie quarterback in Rosen that's kind of going to play it and run the ball. But I feel like this, if anything, if he can make a mistake and just a low total like this, if anything, you got to look over. But uh, don't feel too strong about it. Yeah, pretty much every game in this point spread range, I either make a case for the dog or I pass the game. And uh, the, the chances where there's a favorite laying this kind of price uh, and, and, and it all gets there, you know, I might lose a little bit of profit here or there, but I think way more often than not, you're going to be burning more money than you're making by bet double-digit plus favorites in the NFL. So uh, in this case, trying to make a case for Arizona, I think Rosen has played pretty good for the most part. I think he's... You know, like any rookie, he's had a couple of hiccups, but he's looked pretty promising. He's actually looked better when he's moved the ball downfield, but uh, the Arizona coaching staff is, seems like a pretty conservative bunch for the most part and hasn't really let him, let him go too much. So I think that's actually probably a negative for him. I wish they actually would open it up and just, you know, let him, let him throw it. And sometimes he might fail, but more often than not, it looks like he's pretty capable. Do you chime in with something there? I say, yeah, let him buck. I hear you. Yeah, exactly. Let him buck. But uh, they're not really doing that too much, so um, 
I don't know. If if this were a worse spot for Minnesota, which you can say, oh, you know, maybe off that huge revenge game last week, they'll come back home and they'll kind of take this game for granted. But the thing that's really keeping me off that take is the fact that they played Buffalo a couple weeks ago, who was similarly bad, if not worse, than Arizona. Uh, you know, rookie quarterback coming in there, and they thought they had the game in hand and got their doors blown off. So I think even though the situation might say flat spot a little bit, I do think you're going to get a pretty strong full effort here from this Viking squad to make sure that uh, the repeat of Buffalo doesn't happen. So uh, under normal circumstances, I would love this 10.5 as the Cardinals, but due to those factors, I think that's enough to keep me off it if the favorite is going to be fully motivated in this game, which I feel like they they will be at least close to that. Uh, Next game we have... Uh, is the Chargers heading to Cleveland? Looks like the Chargers are a one-point road favorite, a total of 44 and a half, 45. Yeah, my power rating here, pick them. Westgate open to pick them. We'll look at line here, Chargers minus one and a half, and the total open at 44. Um, Yeah, I mean, I mean, you kind of see this Cleveland team, they're kind of a little bit more of a, a question mark as in what you're going to get from them before Mayfield came in. It was just kind of more of an under type of team. They more conservative, ran the ball, and shorter passes. And uh, Mayfield, Mayfield kind of opens it up, which is you know it's good to see. I think think it's better. Uh, but again, from last week they uh, came close to blowing it. Um, and kind of kind of the same story uh, with Cleveland. They kind of seem like they just are dominating the game or you know have it in hand, but they still keep their opponent in it. and They just don't want to you know put their anybody on the throat. And you know, I keep repeating myself. I don't know. I, I know I probably pounded that home point home last week, but this coaching staff just don't like it all. And I think that's a lot of what it has to do with it. You kind of just watch the game and you feel like they're outplaying their opponent and they're playing pretty well and you know then they look at the scoreboard and they're really you know it's pretty close and then you know, oftentimes they like you saw a couple weeks ago they end up blowing the game at the end or came close to blowing it like last week so uh, i guess point is here's just a team like i don't i just really don't trust so you're talking about a pick em range uh maybe getting a point uh but point and a half but it's it's uh it's just, it's just tough for me to put my money on cleveland it's just a team where uh you know i think that's where a little bit of value may be because i really don't like this charger team is kind of a little bit of a, a question mark for me too and I think maybe slightly valued over overvalued in the marketplace, but uh, at the same time, uh, Cleveland. I feel like this, this kind of be a game I could see Chargers coming in, uh, taking care of business, and winning pretty easily. And after Cleveland's played pretty two competitive games against uh, you know, a, a decent team last week, and then a team that you know had a little bit higher expectations and had a kind of a shootout. So uh, yeah, for me here, I don't know. I, I think I might just be staying away. I, don't, I really don't have much about this game either. So Cleveland last week they played the Ravens in overtime, right? game went the distance right they kicked it with time expiring um yeah i'm trying to remember sure. it was close to it if so remember that, that kicker they had it lined up i'm pretty sure he kicked it as time expired okay then the week before that they played that shootout in oakland where they went to overtime and went back and forth there and i don't remember if oakland kicked that with time expiring but it wasn't far off so that's a lot a lot of football and with cross-country trip mixed in there in two weeks uh, and then, you know, conversely, you had the Chargers who blew out Oakland last week at home and pretty much just sleptwalked through that game, especially the second half. It just kind of went into shutdown mode there in the second half. Um, so I think you'll get a fairly well-rested Chargers squad. Uh, it is the early game on the East Coast or, you know, eastern half of the U.S. with the West Coast team coming in. So that's a little worrisome, but... Uh, I think if anybody's going to be tired here, it's going to be the Cleveland off uh, of their last couple weeks. So, I, obviously, the talent disparity is, I think, pretty fairly wide here between these two teams. Uh, you know, obviously, you're you're 
it's, it's still you're playing a team that's favored on the road, so it's not like you're getting an insanely cheap number, but uh, I think you're getting much the better team when a decent, you know, not a worse spot by any means. And uh, you're laying less on the field goal here, so I actually love the Chargers in this spot. It might You tend to think, okay, this is going to be a big, sharp square game, but it seems like squares are all over Cleveland. Uh, I don't know if the markets necessarily reflect that or not, but just average podcast you listen to. Like I know Simmons, you know, basically blows the Cleveland on a daily basis. And uh, there's a bunch of other guys like that that are just your typical media types are all over Cleveland. So I think they actually get way more support than your average, uh, you know, below average team. Uh, so I, I, I actually love the Chargers in the spot. And uh, I don't know if I'll release another two-unit play on them, but it, uh, I'll definitely be thinking about it. Next game we have is Chicago heading to Miami. Looks like Chicago is a three-point favorite on the road. Maybe a little extra juice there with a total of 41.5, 42. Uh, yeah, my power rating here is Chicago minus 1.5. Westgate open Chicago 1.5. Look headline Miami minus 1, and the total here open 41.5 at the Westgate. Um, yeah, Chicago here coming off a bye. Get rested up and, you know, that early season bye. I think, uh, from my perspective at least, I feel like Chicago wasn't a team – I think the buy came at a bad time for Chicago. So I think uh, you you know generally think uh, in my power range, I might give a half a point or sometimes a full point, depending on how injury riddled the team is and a few other factors. I might give them you know that type of uh, adjustment after a buy. But in Chicago's case, I don't know if I necessarily downgrade them. I don't think you can really do that, but I definitely don't think it helps them. Uh, they're they're kind of rolling and going into the buy and all that stuff. And I really don't like when that happens to a team. It kind of just ruins the momentum and. Uh, what do you what do you really work on and fix when you're in you're in, they really want a whole lot of injuries uh, that to note uh, on the team either like a, a key, bunch of key injuries like some other teams have like for example like an Atlanta type of team that's just decimated on defense so I feel like again like Chicago I think came in at a bad time and Miami I think this is about uh, the most value you're going to get on Miami here so this is a spot I really do like Miami I've been on them uh, I was on them last week <laughs> it didn't work out in the end but I still like to play so can't judge it off one game sample size uh, I've been been pretty much right on Miami spot on almost all year so I feel like this is a spot where Miami's uh, pretty undervalued it's a pretty big adjustment just look at the look headline how big of an adjustment is uh, the one, Miami one one and a half uh, was look headline from last week now you're looking at uh, Miami catching three and even some extra juice and I even see a three and a half out there with a little bit of juice towards the dog on Miami so to me it's a no-brainer here I feel like this is a, an easy take on Miami it's just a matter of uh, when to bet it and how much and uh, I'm pretty 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 confident here in the Miami side yeah, I don't share that similar uh, fondness for Miami like you do. Uh, I think they might have been one of those teams that peaked super early in the season. Everyone's like, oh, in Miami, they're actually not that bad. And then it takes us six weeks to realize that oh, the first couple of weeks were more of the anomaly and they're really not a good team. And one of those teams that, oh, yeah, they started 3-0 and and now they're 4-11 and type team. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's the case with them. But that being said... Uh, I, I think the Bears are like almost like Cleveland. The Bears are a prime candidate to want to bet against. I think the average person's way higher on the Bears than they should be. I know some people are already penciling them in to win the North, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I think Jesus. that's kind of laughable <laughs> yeah. uh, this early in the season. Absolutely, and, you know, even like beforehand, we were talking with Khalil Mack. Like he's obviously a great player, but one defensive player doesn't change the whole tone of a team and carry him through an entire season. So. Uh, they've been playing good so far. Don't get me wrong, but I agree with you. Like you said, the bye might have came at a bad time because they were they were rolling there pretty pretty good there before the bye, and 
I'm a little bit hesitant to bet against Nagy off the bye because I do think he's shown some early signs as being a pretty good coach. So maybe a little extra time to prepare will be a, a big benefit for him. Um, not not willing to jump and back that necessarily, but I also I would be worried betting against him here because I, I do agree that I think the only way he should bet this game is Miami or pass. But I think Miami might have had a little bit of a home run effort there last week. After they got embarrassed by the Pats two weeks ago, they come back and have a real good effort against the Bengals, and they still end up losing by 10, even though it was in fluky, you know, in fluky circumstances. Uh, just kind of shouts to me like a team that might start to have a little bit of doubt creep in and just kind of get out talented by teams here. And um, I don't know. I could, I could see this game where the classic Trubisky struggles on the road and the defense finally gets exposed a little bit. And, Miami wins the game, or I could also see it where Miami gets nothing going on offense and Tannehill tries to win the game and that goes as poorly as it did last week and Chicago in fraudulent fashion wins another game fairly easily and everyone jumps on the board even even further. So uh, I probably won't be involved with this one uh, either way. Next thing we have is Carolina heading to Washington. Uh, looks like Washington's laying one at home, the total of 44.5, Yeah, my power right here is a pick Westgate open Washington two. Look at line Washington one and a half. Total here open forty four and a half. Um, yeah, they're from Washington coming off that Monday night Monday night game. Unfortunately, I didn't catch as much as I would have liked to on the being on the plane here back to Vegas. Uh, so I missed. Uh, what I didn't miss much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was just a, basically Alex Smith tried to make a couple plays, didn't make a couple plays, and Drew Brees had a couple plays early, and that was about it. There wasn't much. The Saints just steamrolled them. Yeah, and I I went back and did a little bit of research on the game and stuff. Not not extensive by any stretch because, like you said, I didn't feel like I missed a whole lot. If I feel like I'm kind of behind the, on a game, I'll go back and I can you know, watch the NFL replay or somewhere. I can watch every every play. But in this case, I didn't really feel like there was much uh, much to miss. If, to me, all I could, it looked like to me every time uh, looks like Breeze. I don't know if there's anybody playing defense for Washington or not, but every time he looked, uh, they're just wide open receivers after wide open receivers. Pretty pretty crazy. Um, but. I don't know. This, this is a tough game for me, actually. I, I'm I'm kind of a little bit torn. I, I feel like uh, Washington is a team. I think I said it last week, but they're just a team where they you really don't know what you're going to get with them. I feel like they kind of play up and down depending on who they're playing. So I think it just depends. Uh, they're they're capable of keeping with better teams, but also stoop down to lower uh, levels depending on the team too. Um, so I think uh, I was a little surprised the guys blown out as they did uh, on Monday, but. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think this point spread is probably about right. Uh, Total's about right here. I feel like Carolina too is a team that um, I don't know. Kind of a little bit of a question mark for me, and, and I feel like they're a little bit of a roller coaster type of team. So I think these teams are a little bit pretty similar, and I really know really don't know which way to look at this game. How about uh, how about you? Well, if this was a league where you just look and at all the data that's you see, and there wasn't any you know weirdness, I think it'd be a max bet on Carolina. Just was bad as Washington looked last week, and Carolina played a somewhat of a poor game and still ended up getting it done against the Giants. I do think Carolina's quite a bit a better team than Washington. Um, but that being said, I I don't know. So you got Washington coming off a short week, but coming off of an embarrassing primetime loss, which usually you get a real good effort from a team after they get embarrassed in primetime if they have any kind of punch to them at all. I, that's the thing I don't I don't really know here. I think I think I'm fairly sure with Carolina uh, that there's a little bit of variance I think they could have, but I think they're an above average team, not an elite team. Uh, whereas Washington, I'm not sure if they're 
like below average or above average. I know they're not like one of the worst and one of the best in the league, but it's hard to tell exactly where else they fall in that range. So I would love to bet Carolina here, but there's just something. I think it's just it must just be that prime time reaction. It's just in my gut telling me like no, it's you know that's that's too knee jerk. That's too just you know Joe Q public reacting to what he saw on Monday night against the Saints team that can do that to teams in a dome. And Washington, the last we saw him at home, was beating uh, the Packers so and fairly easily too. So uh, I don't know. I probably won't get involved with this one. All right, I think Carolina's the right side, but my gut tells me to stay away. Yeah, it's funny too. I was going to mention it, but I forgot. Uh, I was thinking about it earlier, but it's funny about this the quarterback situation with Washington from Kansas City to Washington, the Alex Smith uh, transition. I know everybody said, "Oh, he's going to be an upgrade from." You know, an upgrade from what they had last year or whatever, and and you know he was that he's a good quarterback and all that stuff. And I mean, Alex Smith, he, he's he's serviceable, but I kind of could see right through it. And I'm kind of saying all into the and going into this year, I was kind of saying to anybody who asked me, it's like, oh yeah, deal. I just feel like he's going to be a pretty big disappointment. I, I felt like Kirk Cousins did a lot for Washington. He was kind of undervalued, and likewise, I like the the Minnesota did pick him up, and and then you got Case Keenum leaving Minnesota after we, uh, you know, Minnesota got uh, Kirk Cousins. You kind of see all that coming to fruition between those three quarterbacks. It's kind of funny. Again, it's only through five weeks. We'll kind of you know, take with a grain of salt. But so far, it seems like it's uh, kind of played out. It's pretty much how I expected that so far uh, with the, the quarterback play. Yeah, I've never really been a big fan of Alex Smith. He'll avoid turnovers, but he won't really win games for you. So, yeah, everybody else around him, yeah, he's fine. Serviceable, but he's uh team like Washington where they don't have a great defense and they don't have a ton of playmakers, he's definitely not the kind of guy that's going to get that, that team home into a lot of victories. Uh, next game we have is Indianapolis heading to the Jets. Looks like the Jets are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home with a total of 45. Yeah, my power rating here, the Jets uh, minus one-and-a-half. Westgate open, Jets two-and-a-half minus 120. Look at line, Jets minus one. Total here open, 45-and-a-half. And I know this is, this is game here, it just feels like I, I want to bet against the Jets again. I really don't trust this Jets team. I bet against, bet against them last week myself. Uh, got a pretty good number there with Denver, but they just pretty much no-showed, which is kind of what I was a little bit worried about. So I kind of knew that was on uh, on the table or in the deck of cards for that to pull, uh, for that to happen with Denver. I just I really wasn't too high on that team. I just more betting against the Jets and getting a good number. But kind of a similar situation here. I think Indy's in a, a pretty decent spot. Jets are coming off a blowout win against a Denver team uh, with a – a defense that isn't as good this year, obviously, but in the last few years is a pretty uh, highly touted defense. You know, they come in there and they kind of, I think, puff their chest a little bit after that game. And I, you know, I, India, the one thing that worries me is all their injuries they have. Um, it's just kind of tough. I mean, it's like basically the luck show. How much can luck do? But I feel like luck can keep them in this game and getting points here, especially after extra rest. And like you said, the spot, uh, the whole uh, thing of getting embarrassed on prime time. I think that's pretty much what happened against the Patriots there on Thursday night. So, yeah, you had that factor in with extra rest. And then, like I said, a Jets team coming off a big win. I feel like spot screams screams Indy here. So, I don't know if we'll get to a three or not. But even two and a half, a little bit of reduced juice on the, on the Colts is definitely the way I'll be looking here. Yeah, I agree that the spot screams Indy. But I, I just there's so many injuries, it just really worries me. Uh, like, it, it happened a couple weeks ago when I had the – Big play against the Texans. And I thought, you know, maybe that's an aberration because the receivers, everyone was like a running joke when we were down here watching it, how many drop passes there were yeah, every time you turned to look at the game. Yeah. 
it's just absurd. And, uh, and then, but then you look and, and T.Y. Hilton went down that game. who's was like the only recognizable receiver they had other than maybe Ebron as a backup tight end. And, uh, but then honestly, as a pretty knowledgeable guy, I didn't know who three of their wide receivers were. They were catching balls. And, uh, there was Rogers. And I'm like, Oh, is that the old Pittsburgh guy? Eli Rogers? Like, Oh no, it's Chester Rogers. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> honestly, yeah, absolutely. I wasn't sure if there was the Madden name generators there, just picking out random scrubs <laughs> that, uh, your creative team or what. But, um, and then, and then they came right back the next week against the Pats and luck was kind of trying to bring them back. And, it's just a decent amount of drops again. I just, I don't know. I, I do think that's the way I'd look. And I would absolutely love this if their team was healthy or relatively healthy. But I think that just scares me enough where if it starts off early where there's a drop pass or two and the Jets have, you know, one fluky turnover, Crowell bust another run like he did last week somehow, or you know, I don't know, and then and then all of a sudden the Colts are playing from behind again and you got luck throwing to these guys that don't have any talent. Uh I'd kinda kick myself for knowing what I was kinda doing before it happened. So I, I totally agree with you the spot screams Indy. I think the Indy's a better team than the Jets despite their record. I actually like Reich as a coach a decent amount. I've liked his aggressiveness a lot so far. Uh it's just that just worries me enough to the point where I might might bet Indy. I might release Indy, but I'm definitely going to think about that a little bit more here as the league progresses. I don't know if we touched. I know we touched on it last week, but the, the, what do you think about that that uh, overtime call there with Indy against was that Houston or who was that against? I'm trying to point. Yeah, it's against Houston. Houston, Houston forward on fourth and four. Yeah, that one. Because I know I, I know he's getting criticized up up the wazoo about that one. I think uh, I think that's what we talked about that we both thought that it wasn't a terrible call. We both at least I didn't think so. No, I don't think it was necessarily a spectacular call because they were, even if they did convert it, they still needed another 15, 20 yards to get in the field goal range. There's only like 30 some seconds left. So I don't think it was, a, and then, and then by missing it, uh, Houston only needed like five, 10 yards to get into field goal range, had a legitimate chance. So you can make an argument, but field position wise, it was, was a pretty bad call. But in terms of they were one and what well, one and two or one and three at the time. And, uh, it's just, or, yeah, one and two at the time going into that game. So if they tie and they go one, two, and one, and and with all the injuries he has and, and everything, just like where are you really going at that point? So I, I totally, I I hardly ever get mad when coaches are aggressive because I usually think it kind of tilts the other way where coaches are way too conservative. So I'm fine with it. And it was, the weird part was his luck didn't even give the receiver a chance to catch it. He basically grabbed it and spiked it into the ground, which was yeah, one of the, bizarre to watch. Yeah, one of the few uh, poor throats that he had that weren't right in the chest that they were dropping. Yeah, so, um, you know, it didn't work out, but I'm definitely not going to ever grade a decision based on whether it works out or not. Uh, look more at what I think the likelihood that it succeeds is and what win probability it adds to not just the game, but to their season. I think that's a game that, they probably needed a win if they had any chance to make the playoffs, and I don't think a tie is going to do them a ton of good there. So even though it's super early, um, so I, I really didn't have a problem with it myself, and I'd much prefer my coach be on the too aggressive side than not aggressive enough. Uh, next game we have is Pittsburgh heading to Cincinnati. This should be a pretty good one. Looks like Cincy's a two and a half point home favorite. The total of fifty-three. Yeah, my power rating here is a pick'em. Westgate open Cincy minus three, even money. Look at line Cincy minus three. Total here open fifty three. Um, yeah, this game here, I just feel like um, 
uh, I think just the number wise, you would say, okay, this maybe should be closer to three. If you can get a two, two and a half, maybe look at the Cincy side. But I just, uh, I'm not too high on the Cincy team. I know last week I bet against them. Obviously, uh, didn't work out, but uh, I feel like they, just, you know, they pretty much just got dominated the whole first half and just got gifted. Uh, like I said, at least 14 points there from Tannehill, just being just terrible quarterback play. But uh, then they had kind of a little bit of a, a 50-50 ball there um, to Dixon and kind of just a, a little bit of a fluky play there too. That kind of got him back in the game to get him a touchdown to get him up to 10 points and make it 17-10 there. And that kind of started the the whole uh, debacle. So, But, I mean, the, the thing is here, I just don't trust Pittsburgh at all too after they're playing a team a little bit, maybe a little bit fat and happy after beating that the banged up Atlanta team. and. I'm definitely not going to buy into Roethlisberger and the offense just because of a performance against probably the worst defense in the league right now in Atlanta. So, I mean, I just, uh, I'm going to have to see it against a little bit better defense in Cincinnati uh, first year, but it'll be a divisional game. I, I know I liked the total under last week uh, quite a bit. Uh, a little bit harder for me to get to the window, even though you're getting low 50s. It's a little bit harder with uh, Pittsburgh uh, to go under because I don't like their defense. But if anywhere, I guess I'd probably have a small, small lane to the under. Yeah, I really don't know what I like in this game. Um my initial reaction would be I think Cincy's as good, if not better, than the Steelers. So if you're laying less than three at home, I think that's kind of the way to look. But I also I'm a little hesitant. Like I think Cincy's a decent team, but they're four and one already, and I don't see them as a team that's going to go on a crazy run and you know have a thirteen and three type record or anything. I just don't think they're near that type of team. So uh, they're usually a game they could have lost last week. Ended up coming back. Um, does that kind of carry over? I think it could. You could make the case that they were just in a flat spot game last week, where they uh, came off a game against the Falcons, who, even though they're not good this year, it was thought to be a top tier team on the road, where they came back and won in pretty crazy fashion there in a shootout. Then they have the Dolphins, a kind of a sandwich spot, and then they come back and play the Steelers, which is, you know, arguably the, arguably their biggest rival at home. So. You could just make the case. I think they overlooked the Dolphins a little bit, and it was kind of a flat spot last week. Uh, and then this week they'll bounce back with a pretty strong effort against the Steelers. So I think I, I don't necessarily love it because I do think the Steelers could turn it on more than they have shown so far. I know I've lost money backing them in a couple spots where I thought they were going to be better than they were. But both of those that I've lost with them were the Chiefs and the, against the Ravens at home. Uh, I do think the Steelers have been historically – especially with, with Big Ben last few years, a uh, much better home team than a road team. So the fact that they couldn't get it done at home, even though it was against pretty quality opponents, uh, I think is definitely cause for concern. And that, that win last week against the Falcons, I think you kind of take it with a grain of salt. Cause like, like you said, I think it might be the worst defense in the league right now. Uh, the defense wasn't good, and then there's a bunch of injuries on top of it. So I don't think that's really uh, much of a, you know, positive if you're looking at Pittsburgh stuff to say, well, if they could beat that Falcon garbage Falcons defense home, I'm sure they can go on the road next week and take it to Cincy. So I like Cincy a decent amount. No, I've kind of talked myself into it as I've talked through the game, but I definitely lean to the Cincy side. Next game, we have Tampa Bay at Atlanta. It's like Atlanta's laying three, three and a half at home with a total of 57 and a half. Um, yeah, let's see here. What do I got? Uh, my power right here, Atlanta minus five and a half. Westgate open, Atlanta four. Look headline, Atlanta six and a half. And the total here, open 58. And, you know, like you mentioned, that total, pretty high total. <laughs> I think that uh, will do you a pretty good example of uh, how bad this Atlanta defense is. It's just, uh, 
I guess both these teams are pretty high scoring, but it's uh, yeah, just pretty high total. Uh, and, and sadly, it's not even the highest total on the board yet. We'll get to that. But um, yeah, I feel like this uh, this spot here. I mean, my power rating says look to the Atlanta side, but I feel like this is more of a definitely more of a Tampa spot. They're coming off a bye. Like I said, uh, vice versa from Chicago. I feel like Tampa, you know, is it good for them to get a bye after a big blowout win or a big blowout loss to Chicago's win there? Um, I feel like that's a good time to, you know, kind of regroup, reassess, and, uh, uh, but yeah, so I'm a little, little disappointed, I guess, this number did come in, where it's sitting here, three and a half, uh, even a little bit of, uh, extra juice on Tampa, so I feel like it's, uh, a little bit of collapse there on the markets for Atlanta. Um, uh, I mean, if it does get to a flat three, I might just have to take Atlanta out of value, but I feel like, uh, I just, I, even that, I don't feel too confident in it, but I feel like this number is kind of, Kind of, like I said, surprise it's kind of as low as it is. I feel like it would have been a little bit higher, but I think just a clear indicator then that just tells you where the market's place is with Atlanta right now. So, I mean, I, I guess at this number, I'd probably lean Tampa, but uh, definitely don't feel too strong about it uh, with this lower number. Yeah, I'm going to make it short and sweet here. I don't want any part of Jameis Winston and the Bucks team, but I also want no part of Atlanta laying more than a field goal. I, I don't think there's really much more to say. It's basically, both these teams are bet against or stay away until further notice in my opinion and this game i really don't care that much to watch and <laughs> yeah a game i really don't care much to watch and uh definitely of the nine early games i think this would probably be my candidate for doesn't make a tv downstairs so <laughs> that's i mean i guess I'll, i shouldn't say a that few more yet. candidates available <laughs> shouldn't say that yet but yeah easy, easy does it there franco yeah i don't want to get ahead of myself uh, here's another one that could crack into that, but I don't think it's quite as bad. Is uh, Seattle heading to Oakland? Since so Seattle's laying three on the road with a total of 48, 48 and a half. Yeah, this is actually a neutral site. That's the first London game of the year. Oh, yeah. So it, Good call. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, no problem. So, yeah, that's what, but actually, it's not a, that's why it's at the middle of the card. It's not usually it's a London game at the top of the card on Sunday, but uh, since it's actually 10 a.m. start, not one of those 6 30 or 6 o'clock early ones, uh, Vegas. I like that. I like those kind of, you know, wake up, get one game under your belt where you're going to focus on that and then move on to the rest of the slate. I'd much rather have one early, early game and then the eight early games as opposed to nine early games. But what are you going to do? I suppose they don't want a couple of West Coast teams starting at whatever, five o'clock West Coast time or whatever it is. Yeah, as I say, it's a little early out here in Vegas uh, to wake up. I uh, can't say that I usually make that, especially if you're, you know, late night on Saturday. But yeah, and, and uh, Central time or Eastern time, I think, yeah, I agree. That'd be a, it's pretty nice to have that early game to kind of start the day off. Um, let's get into this game here. Yeah, so like I said, it's neutral site at London, so uh, no home field here, both traveling. Seattle at Oakland, uh, my power rating here is Seattle minus two. Westgate open, Seattle two. Look headline was a pick em, and the total here open 47.5. Uh, a little bit of money. Yeah, like you said, Seattle looking, looks like it's pretty much like a flat three now on Seattle. And yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I feel like this Oakland team, I uh, I just really don't have a lot of faith in. I, I think cards look pretty you know shaky at best even. Uh, not really, Sam, too surprised, I guess, of how their their whole team's kind of debacled this year. Kind of uh, just, you know, an old-school coach with, in Gruden and hasn't really adjusted much at all. And, yeah, I just don't know what to – this Oakland team, I just you – know, I can't really say I'm shocked going into the season that I didn't can kind of expect this or kind of, you know, think that this could have happened and kind of seeing what's happening. And they, they're kind of sporadic what they, what they get from you. You kind of get a good performance and you get a few bad games, and that's kind of what you've been seeing here so far this season in the – uh, what about, what, what, uh, through a quarter of the way through, a little over a quarter of the way through. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, this is a tough game. I don't, I really don't have much on it. I guess, uh, it seems like it's pretty much right where it should be, I guess myself. Yeah. I, I 
don't know. I, Seattle had a pretty good effort last week against the Rams, but I just still don't think they're much of a team. Uh, Oakland, I actually kind of liked them a little bit last week. I thought they could at least keep it somewhat tight with the Chargers, and that didn't happen at all. So, I'm not really sure exactly what to think of them either. Uh, I think last week you made the case that they've been competitive in every game leading up to that point, but and last week kind of puts a, a fly in that ointment. So uh, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't. I don't really trust Seattle much, but. I also don't love the local. I know if they necessarily have a bounce back in them. So, and also you factor in the fact that neither of these teams have been, you know, like the joke is that you know, Jacksonville plays half their home games in London or whatever because they're there every year and seem to thrive there. I don't think either of these teams have a track record, good or bad, in London. So, uh, it's, that doesn't really factor in either. So, uh, all things equal and all things added up, but not much pain on this one. Would you would you be surprised of any result in this game? I wouldn't be surprised of pretty much anything. <laughs> I mean, no. a, a shootout. I won't be surprised of a low scoring, you know, pretty uh, you know, pretty awfully offense led offense game. I won't be shocked of a blowout either. Either I mean, just yeah, I think anything's pretty much up in the air. Yeah, I think that a lot of that speaks to the Derek Carr. I mean, I think at any point he can, you know, randomly have a great game and just be throwing it all over the field or he can randomly be throwing it right to the other team like you're not sure if he's colorblind so hmm. I, th- I think he's probably the biggest factor in that but yeah I, I absolutely agree to that uh the last early game would be probably the strongest candidate for not making a tv outside of the tampa atlanta game we got uh, your buffalo bills heading down to houston to play uh texans off a big primetime win looks like uh, the texans are nine and a half ten point favorites home. 41. Yeah, um, my power rating here, Houston minus 9, Westgate open, Houston 9.5, look headline, Houston minus 8, and the total here open, 41. Yeah, I, I don't, I, this, this game, I got nothing for me. I mean, I'm not going to lay points with Houston, and again, it's going to be a Buffalo or pass, but I just really don't trust the Buffalo team at you all. So. Can't talk you into land 10 points <laughs> to gold, Ryan. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know which, I mean, name, name the player on Houston, I mean, Watson laying this many points, I mean. Again, I won't be shocked if they went and blew out this Buffalo team because I'm really low on this Buffalo team. Probably my power rate, one of my worst uh, bottom tier teams in the league. But at the same time, it's uh, an NFL game, and I'm not too high on Houston either. So, yeah, this is just a, a rough game for me uh, to to handicap. And I just you know, like you said, I think it's uh, I think this would be my my vote for the the ninth TV game that's not going to quite make it unless it's a, a shootout earlier, uh, not a shootout, but a close game late, and another game that's been a shootout and there's nothing nothing going on. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, if I would, uh, from a side perspective, I don't have much of it. I would say from a total perspective, I feel like pretty low total here at 40 and a half, 41. And I feel like if anything, I'd look, look on the over on this lower total, but, uh, you know, it is low for a reason. Yeah. You got both teams coming off a win. Both <laughs> yeah, those squad. I, beat Tennessee living the life, right? Yeah. Houston coming off a big home prime time. Uh, I mean, it might be the last time all year, both these teams are coming off a win. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, definitely looking pretty for Buffalo. They did get it done against another, you know, probably a step up against an AFC team or AFC South team last week in Tennessee. So now they're playing a lesser AFC South team on a slightly short week. You know, maybe feeling a little bit high. I think you could kind of make a decent case for Buffalo, but I mean, who knows how they're going to handle themselves as a younger team that just really isn't all that talented either, so um, I, I'd like to I'd like to bet Buffalo. 
but this is another one where it's like, yeah, if you're forcing me to pick, I'm definitely going to pick Buffalo, but uh, I just think there's better spots to invest in different games this weekend, saving your money for for better matchups down the road. But I will argue with you. I, I think I would be more interested in this one over the Tampa-Atlanta game slightly, but I think I think it's pretty close. I think you make a case either way. Interesting. Uh, of the three late games here, the first one is the Rams of Los Angeles heading to Denver. Looks like the Rams are uh, laying seven with some juice to the dog and a total of 52.5. Yeah, my power right here, the Rams minus six. Westgate open, Rams minus six and a half. Look headline, Rams minus six, and the total here open 53. Yeah, like you said, some uh, early money there on the Rams. Kind of, I think kind of expected at this point you're going to get the public they're going to be on board until you push them off board the Rams train. I think that goes for saying uh, we're saying for both the Rams and the Chiefs, those high-powered offenses. And yeah, I mean you're you're paying a tax on the Rams. That's going to be a given. Like I said, obviously the public's on them. You're going to be paying a tax. The sportsbooks know where to put it. So, um, it, I mean it's, it's Denver pass for me for sure. It's just uh, this Denver team. I just I mean one thing I will say is that I'm at home, especially when you uh, factor in the high elevation when they have to travel and they you know, get gas a little bit. I know we mentioned it that. Uh, the first few weeks, that's going to be more of a, a factor just because you're kind of out of shape, uh, getting used to the season, uh, used to playing a full, a full four quarters in the NFL. That's something you used to at the start of the year, but now you're kind of getting into the you know, into the year a little bit more, so it shouldn't be as much of a factor, but still should be noted. So, I mean, I think, uh, like I said, the home team here, getting a full touchdown is, is the way you'd have to look, but uh, it's just a matter do you want to hold your nose with this uh, this Denver team and especially this this Denver defense has been uh, definitely uh, a below average, I think, uh, especially from expectation. So just uh, not too overwhelming. And then you have even Keenum, I think. Uh, I know some people are saying that he's inarguable if he should even be a starter or not, which people are kind of finally seeing what we've been saying about Keenum here for the last, uh, I don't know, a year or so, or maybe not quite a year, but uh, at least uh, half a year to nine months. So like I said, it uh, might be a hold your nose and take Denver against uh, one of the best teams, or if not the best best team in the league in the Rams, but uh, getting all those points at home, but it's uh, not going to be easy. Yeah, I've been looking for spots to bet against the Rams, and I just don't really feel like this is it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I could I could maybe see Keenum keeping up with them somewhat, but I just don't, I don't think Denver's defense is capable really to slow down the Rams unless – they're just totally not focused, which is possible. But at this point, I'm not really trying to bet against them. And like I've mentioned multiple times, even though they didn't cover last week and were somewhat fortunate to even win that game at Seattle, McVay's the type of coach that if they're up 14 late, if they're up 10 late, he's not going to be sitting on it and trying to run off the clock and play prevent defense and let the team come down and score a cheap touchdown for the back door. He's definitely more of the put his foot on the throat and try to, you know, run a play action and throw a pass with three minutes left up 10. So uh, I think obviously there is a little bit of a tax because the public will be on the Rams. But I also think in most cases that's not warranted. But I think when it is the Rams, I think it is somewhat warranted because I do think he's going to be way more aggressive than your average team. So I think when the Rams are clearly a superior team, um, I'm not saying it's a profitable bet to be backing them necessarily, but I also think that you're going to be banging your head against the wall, frustrated, betting against them more so than, than you're going to be happy, And unless you really like the dog. And in this case, I just don't really like Keenum and, and Denver enough to, to feel comfortable backing them, even though from a spot perspective, you know, going back 
coming back home after getting blown up by the Jets, you're probably going to get a fairly respectable spot for Denver. I just don't know if they have the talent uh, to keep up with the Rams, regardless of, of the edge and spot. So don't really feel confident. Uh, probably won't bet this game either way. Next game we have is Jackson. Laying three on the road, heading to Dallas with a total of 40 and a half. Um, yeah, my power right here, Jacksonville minus three. Westgate open, Jacksonville one and a half. Look at line, Jacksonville two and a half. And the total here, open 41. Um, yeah, I don't, looks like, yeah, two and a half, three, somewhere in that ballpark. Three with, I think three with some extra juice on Dallas is uh, the prevailing number. And yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a little surprised here. It's not a little bit more of a flat three, but I guess uh, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with last week's performance from Portals. I mean, you saw, which pick was worse? Which pick six was worse? Uh, the the Jacksonville from Bortles uh, pick six or the the one from Tannehill? Your boy from your boy from Miami. They're both bad, but I think Bortles is slightly more embarrassing. I don't know which one was actually a worse play, but I think that one looked worse. Hmm. Yeah, I would have said the I would have said the Miami one. So, but yeah, I mean, either way, I think we can uh, both agree they're both uh, pitiful. Little one was a dump off screen, another one was thrown at the offensive lineman's helmet, and uh, I, I don't know. Both of them, I just. Uh, dumbfounded by but uh yes i mean i think uh i feel like if this number of jacksonville would have hung in there and borders would have played a little bit better last week i feel like this number would have been you know pr- pretty far north of three uh, three and a half range somewhere in there so i think that i don't want to say you're getting value necessarily but i feel like this number is a little bit lower so i mean i don't really see uh you know, probably look at the, the dallas side for some value but i feel like you're not getting quite as much value as you'd, as you'd like uh I feel like three and a half is needed here, uh, minimum, in order to bet against Jacksonville in that defense. And I feel like this is a game where Bortles can come in, and this might be a game where he looks pretty, uh, you know, pretty decent because he's riding that roller coaster like he likes to do. I feel like Dallas is a team where he can show up a little bit and and, and take care of business. But uh, I, like I said, I feel like this number is kind of priced right where it should be. Obviously, judging by my power ratings. Yeah, I don't trust Jacksonville in general or specifically Bortles enough to feel too confident. Betting them laying points on the road, but that's absolutely the way it looked. I think they're the type of team that probably feast on bad teams, and you know when when he gets the chance, he's a way better better quarterback when he gets up early and can kind of run their play action and feel a lot more confident. So I I feel like they have a pretty decent chance to get up on this Dallas team, and uh, conversely, this Prescott and this Dallas offense has just been anemic all year, and I really don't see that changing especially against this Jacksonville defense that's still one of the top-tier units in the league. So I think this is a pretty bad matchup for Dallas, and uh, I think Jacksonville will do just enough to, to cover this number. So I, I actually like the Jaguars a decent amount here uh, in this price range. I, just, I, I think Dallas is not that they've been valued highly, but I think they're one of the worst five teams in the league. I don't think they really get priced like that uh, completely yet. So uh, especially – not a short, short week for him, but playing off the primetime game, that's a slightly shorter week. So uh, I think Jacksonville's in for a pretty good bounce back spot after that embarrassment uh, they got shown last week in Kansas City. Uh, next game is the last of the afternoon games. We have Baltimore heading to Tennessee. Uh, it looks like Baltimore's laying two and a half to three on the road with a total of 41, 41 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Baltimore minus one. Westgate open Baltimore two. Look headline Baltimore one. Total here open forty one. Uh, yeah, like you said a uh, little bit of money on Baltimore here, and uh, sitting at two and a half three. And um, 
Uh, this is another game I just don't feel a whole, whole lot of confidence on. I mean, uh, I feel like you uh, might have to look at the Tennessee side after a pretty bad loss last week, but um, it's just this Baltimore team, uh, I, th- I think, uh, I don't know, with, with Flacco, I'm kind of interested to see what we get the rest of the season. I, I just really haven't bought in. I know he's kind of been playing pretty decent. I know he's got a little bit of a, Wait, a little pressure, I guess you could say, from uh, you know the rookie quarterback that they throw in every once in a while, and and Jackson, and and I, I think that's helped him. But it's one of those deals. I mean, how I don't think he's going to just all of a sudden be a superstar either. So I feel like he, not that he's playing out of his mind, but I feel like he's going to come down a little bit, come back, uh, regress a little bit to the mean uh, from the the standard Flacco that we see. And uh, I, I don't know. I think Mariota and Tennessee is a team where I, th- I mentioned last week again on the pod. I kind of sound uh, redundant here, but. Something I mentioned that how Tennessee's a team where they can they they don't I don't want to lay points at them just for the fact last week especially on the road just because they're a team that kind of keeps it close they play tight they play good defense and kind of just keep the game nice and boring and simple so I feel like this is another a game here where that's kind of what they're going to be able to do and I I won't be surprised if they're in this game I feel like it's a, it's going to you know be a pretty close game and a field goal either way so I mean if you kind of think of it's a coin flip type of game you, you got to look to the Tennessee side yeah I just don't really think these teams are that different. Um... I don't think there's much difference between Flacco and Mariota. The Baltimore defense is probably slightly better. Um, I like Harbaugh as well as a coach. Uh, but on the flip side, is it, I think it's Rabel, right, for the Tennessee now. Like He's been showed pretty promising signs so far. And I've heard pretty positive things from people I respect about him, so maybe that's not much of an advantage for Baltimore. Uh, spot-wise, they're both coming off road losses. Uh, Tennessee is probably slightly more embarrassing than the Bills, but you got Baltimore coming off that overtime game again where they played the extra period. Now they're going for their second straight road game. Uh, I think it's pretty good value on Tennessee here in what I think is a battle of two fairly similar teams. I think you're getting a better spot. Uh, and obviously the point spread is, I think, four or five points uh, swung towards Baltimore more than it should be. So I actually like Tennessee here quite a bit. Uh, especially if you get the full three, but even if you can, I'll pay the 120 juice or, you know, even think about just going money line in Tennessee and taking a small little plus price there. That doesn't sound like a bad option to me, so that's the way I'd be going. Uh, the night game uh, here, pick. I know you referenced it earlier, but it looks like it might be a little bit of a shootout here according to the total. Yeah, you so think? you got Kansas City heading to New England. Uh, New England laying three and a half at home, the total of 59, 59 and a half. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, my power rating here, New England minus three and a half. Westgate open, New England three and a half. Look at line, New England three minus 120. And the total here opened 60, 60. Uh, I think the highest total on my numbers so far this year that's open, I think uh, at least clears up a few points. That goes, goes to show you, I think, of the defenses. I don't care what kind of offenses you have, just kind of have to have bad defenses to have those high totals. And uh, again, I don't know if it's, uh, I know that we had a high total last week in, in that Pittsburgh Atlanta game. And, uh, Mentioned on the podcast about how I it, it was high and I still kind of liked it. It kind of got steamed up a little bit, and I kind of liked the over just even the, with that high a total. And we we kind of mentioned it last week about how it seemed like that was about as under of a game it could get from those two teams, and it still barely got over there. Uh, or, judging by the closing number, you know, half and half, like I mentioned in the earlier segment about, I think it still got over from a lot of books' uh, perspective. So uh, just just crazy, and you know, those high totals. I mean, there's a reason why they're high and. This one's so high, I just I don't I just don't trust the Kansas City defense. I mean that makes sense, and the New England defense has been spotty at best. So I mean, I get it why it's so high, but I mean that's just uh just a huge total. I mean I'll, I'll be interested to see if it gets up any higher. 
I, it's just hard for me to imagine it can go any higher than this. I mean, that's 60. Uh, obviously, got bet pretty 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 much right away. Got bet a little bit under. Looks like Pinnacle offshore is still holding uh, at 60 with a little bit of extra juice on the under, but uh, it's just hard for me to imagine it can uh, get much higher than it is now. But uh, I think uh, I think it is warranted. And then on the side perspective, I'm a power rating say I think three and a half. That's uh, probably about right. I feel like uh, if you can get a flat three on New England, I think there might be a little bit of value. I feel like their uh, home field is a little bit more than than three, so I feel like uh, that's where the three and a half comes in. I feel like these teams are pretty pretty comparable and pretty similar, and uh, I think Brady will be able to show this Kansas City defense uh, what a, what a good quarterback is like. And it'll be interesting to see if Mahomes can step up in the spot here on the road on a primetime game uh, against New England, uh, one of the top teams in the AFC. So. This will be a good game to watch, fun game to watch. It'll be a type of shootout, but uh, more than likely than not, I won't be having much money on this game. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I just don't really know. The total that high, it's it just seems from like, I don't know, it'd just be hard for me to bet the over. But I also just really want to be part of the under, with specifically the Kansas City defense. Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if New England put up you know, 30, somewhere between 30 and 40 points. And I don't know. I just doubt Kansas. You know, I don't ever have doubted Mahomes a little bit in Kansas City's offense, but obviously they're pretty solid. So it's uh, just something I just I don't really want to bite the bullet and take the under either. So I think the sides of total stay away, and I mean the totals of total stay away. And total, then the side, total. Uh, just that that hook kind of looks intriguing on Kansas City. And I'd kind of be tempted to take the three and a half with them, but I've been looking to bet against them for a while now too. And um, you know they snuck out that, uh, or they they crushed the Jags last week, and then kind of snuck out somewhat of a fraudulent cover based on when he got the number against the Broncos the week before that. And uh, it's just you know a team that's five and zero here heading to New England. It just kind of seems like almost like the square sharp play where, like. You know, your average guy's like, oh, here, I'm going to take the points here with this road team and bet against the Pats. And, but all the squares in the world are on it, and the, the Pats ended up, you know, end up winning by a couple touchdowns here. It wouldn't shock me at all. So, uh, I don't know. I guess it's a long way of saying I, just, I don't feel confident and probably won't be involved in this game uh, any which way. But I will be really curious to see how it, how it plays out. And, Basically, no matter how it plays out, I'll pretty much be able to tell you, hey, I told you so. <laughs> you kicked myself for not getting involved on that side. You got them all covered, right? All your bases? <laughs> That's right. That's uh, one way to never never lose, right? Um, That's right. Uh, so the Monday Night game is pretty uh, pretty un- unsexy here. You got San Francisco, and uh, I think Beathard's still in there, right? He didn't get hurt at all last week? Yeah, I'm seeing Beathard. Heading to uh, Green Bay. It looks like Green Bay is a nine and a half point favorite home. The total forty six and a half. Yeah, my power rate here: Green Bay minus twelve. Westgate open. Green Bay seven and a half. Look at line: Green Bay eight and a half. And the total here open forty seven. Um, I mean, yeah, this one. I mean, it's just not gonna be too fun of a game to watch Monday night. I mean, too bad they couldn't flex it. Um, Monday night game, but um, yeah, this uh, would have been better with the Jimmy G showing here. But unfortunately, we're not going to get that. Uh, the San Francisco team. I mean. I think that some people kind of bought into him a little bit last week after that first week uh, Beathard's performance uh, after uh, Jimmy G getting hurt. But I know you mentioned it uh, when it happened, and I, I mentioned it as well, but something to keep in mind every time after the quarterback gets hurt, especially a good quarterback and someone that the franchise kind of relies on, you kind of see that backup coming in either for the second half or whenever, or whenever the 
take over in that current game, and then even into the maybe the next game where they kind of have a performance where everyone's kind of all in, saying, "All right, let's uh, you know rally with this new guy and we can do it." And you kind of get that performance one week, and you kind of saw that out of Beathard. He looked pretty good and the first week after uh, Jimmy G got hurt, but then last week he didn't didn't show much. It was a uh, wasn't a too good performance, not just from him, but just the whole San Francisco team was pretty much dominated by a pretty conservative. Arizona team that you you really shouldn't get dominated by. So I think that's uh, you know, some pretty big red flags, red flags, red alarm for uh, for San Francisco. But I mean the spot does. Uh, I mean and the other problem is with this spot too is Green Bay's came off a pretty uh, not embarrassing, but they really weren't in that game much at all against Detroit. They kind of had a chance to come back late there and have a few fluky things, maybe get lucky and get an onside kick and and get get in the game and get an overtime or something. But it's pretty much the whole game from start to finish. Detroit had that game in hand and. Like I said, a few fluky plays happened, so I don't want to put a whole lot into that necessarily. But I think this Green Bay team is just uh, it's just banged up. I mean, it's just a typical deal with uh, with Rodgers where he's kind of the team. And if, if he's not playing well or he's not making the throws or people aren't getting separation, there's only so much he can do. So, uh, I mean, obviously a high point spread here. My, I, I think I lean to the San Francisco side, but the problem is is my uh, my power rating and my numbers would, would lead me to believe to the Green Bay. So in a case like that, uh, just a pass for me. Yeah, I just don't really know how you could bet this game and feel confident about it at all. I just think there's too many unknowns here. With San Francisco with Beathard at the helm, they've had one good performance against San Diego, and they've had one horrible performance last week against the Cards. And uh, I just don't really know what to make of them, if they're just slightly below average, if they're terrible. Um, I think based on Green Bay play, this point spread saying they're terrible. And I think that's probably true, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, and then that being said, if they are below average and roster, Rodgers can feast on them, you know, then they take out some frustration after a couple of frustrating games they've had so far this year. You know, losing to Detroit last week and going on the road and getting blitzed by the Redskins a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, it could easily be a spot where primetime Green Bay has been a pretty good bet the last couple of years too. And Rogers always seems to, to play good and kind of show off for the primetime spotlight. So uh, maybe there'll be a deal where he just kind of takes out his frustrations here on a bad beat up San Francisco team. Uh, one wouldn't surprise me all that much either. So I just don't think you can, uh, I don't know how anybody really could feel that confident in this game, uh, especially on the side. Maybe you could make a case for the total with a little bit more confidence, but uh, pretty easy stay away from me, so uh, I don't need to ramble on any more about that. It'll just be a pass, and uh, that'll do her for the uh, week six slate. So now let's finish up the pod and do our picks of the week, huh? The AS Pick of the Week. All right, so we ended up not doing one last week. Um, we After we recorded the pod, we we did say them, but uh, we never actually sent them out or tweet posted them or anything, so we're just going to skip those um we go back to two weeks ago and do a little recap i had the colts it was also my two unit play and uh in frustrating fashion did not get there so i lost my last one and rob had the steelers that week minus three against the ravens right yes sir and that did also not similar get there. similar so fate both, yeah yeah so we're both off a couple losses so uh let's see you're, that was through five so i think my record two. is what are you uh you're two and two on the season and uh, I'm all three and one, it looks like. Yep. So hopefully we can uh, get some traction going here. But uh, let's see. I'm 
I heard uh, I heard you got some new snow tires on, so you got some pretty good traction there on that that Cadillac and all. Need to absolutely. Um, well, I have a few. I actually have quite a few games I like this week, so it'll probably be a, a fairly high volume, yeah, but a fairly high volume uh, play perspective. But I think the one <sighs> I just don't know if, if I fully trust Anthony Lynn to come in and that Chargers team that has been historically known for blowing games on the road like that. Uh, it's a little worrisome, but I think that is the way I'm going to go. I don't think I'm going to talk myself out of it and talk myself and anybody else. So I think we'll go with the Chargers lane one on the road at Cleveland. That'll be my pick of the week. Where are you looking? Well, I did it last week. We're going to go back to the well. I didn't get it, uh, I didn't get it out So uh, for listeners to hear. So we're going to go back to the old teaser well and uh, we'll do a six-point tease. Um, first leg, I think we're going to tease down the Rams on the road there against Denver. Like I said, I feel like uh, there's a lot of points, but I feel like pretty much asking them to win the game. I think that's something they can do, uh, even when they had to travel to high elevation there. So we'll tease the Rams down. looks like, uh, you know, six and a half, seven. So I don't know. We'll tease them down to just say the Rams minus one will be the first leg of the teaser. And then the other leg, I think, uh, which I like a lot. We kind of mentioned it. Uh, this Tennessee team, I feel like you said that the Rock team is kind of favored there. It's kind of what you uh, ended up getting to, and I feel like you're teasing them through uh, two and a half. Uh, I'm sorry, from te- teasing them from two and a half through three all the way to uh, from seven uh, through seven as well. So I feel like uh, the Tennessee side here uh, getting eight and a half against Baltimore when they have played two teams that are kind of, you know, played defense, and there's going to be, a, I feel like, a close game. So getting eight and a half points with Tennessee, I, I like that quite a bit. All right, that sounds good. So that will do it for this week's podcast. Uh, you got any closing thoughts on it? No. Um, hopefully I can get the podcast out in a complete, completed form here this week. Uh, otherwise, I might be uh, I might be uh, hitting myself pretty stressed out. It's pretty, pretty stressful recording the whole thing, spending over an hour, especially time and everything else, but going from prepping and post and everything like that uh, to editing. It's just uh, a lot of work. Uh, you know, I like We enjoy doing it and everything, and it helps us uh, with our handicaps, but it, it's pretty frustrating when you can't get anybody uh, any insight and then just lose it for nothing. So hopefully uh don't have that problem again. But, yeah, from a handicapping and watching perspective, uh, hopefully some good games. And I feel like, uh, like I said, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of uh, putting the work in, feel like I'm kind of there just to get a few lucky breaks go uh, turn our way here and we can get the picks of the week on a roll again and get our plays uh, back in the profitable so i feel uh, i feel pretty good moving forward here yeah as uh you know as a vikings fan and the vikes always being you know, my favorite uh focus game of the week this hopefully should be not uh, not the greatest week against arizona hopefully that game should be fairly in hand you know knock on wood but <laughs> yeah. uh we've seen that, other than that there's a lot of interesting matchups this week so i think it should be a great week of football and uh, hopefully, from a handicapping personally perspective, it uh, ends up being a good week. But I think more so just from a fan perspective, it should be a pretty enjoyable week here. So, uh, everybody, enjoy week six, and good luck with your handicapping. And we'll be back next week. And remember, next Wednesday uh, is going to be our new day to release. So we'll be back next Wednesday with uh, our week seven pod. So best of luck, everybody. Have a good week. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out aronsports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.